0: I am here with Joy Renique from Celebrate Legacy and Amy Smith over at Keep a Book Out. And I am actually going to, since we had no questions previously submitted and we haven't had any VIPs pop on to join us just yet, I'm going to open questioning to those of you on Facebook. So if you happen to be catching the live stream, feel free to drop in the comments any questions that you have. I'm going to give them a moment to introduce themselves while we wait and see if any questions pop in. Uh, Joy, I'm going to go ahead and start with you.
1: All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Joy Renique. I am the founder of Celebrate Legacy, which is a journal for life's experiences to share with loved ones and future generations. And my my expertise for this retreat is about pen pals and letter writing. And so definitely take advantage of the free templates that I have linked under my video so that you can have an easy way to get your kids excited about literacy by writing letters to either people you guys know or even strangers that um, they can learn about each other.
0: Fabulous. And uh, did you want to elaborate on to your bonus offer for the VIP?
1: Absolutely. So if you if you upgraded your um, to the all access pass, you actually have access to my course that includes not only the templates, but you have a playlist that has um, reading resources. Sources books that are about pen pals to kind of get kids familiar with. um They'll see familiar characters doing what something new, and they'll be interested. In characters like SpongeBob. If you watch my video, uh, I'm told I challenge you to go ahead and look it up on YouTube because it's so funny. But it's other characters of other popular TV shows and people reading books that are about pen pals, and then you actually have a lesson that kind of teaches you how to navigate through that, what you want to focus on, what you want to avoid, things of that nature, but it kind of gives you an all, um, it gives you everything you need to be successful with having a pen pal, even if it's just your child writing to their grandparent. It doesn't have to be a pen pal at school or a peer. It's just somebody, the kid being able to get to check the mail and learn a little bit more about somebody that they care about and then being able to share about themselves as well.
0: Fantastic. And I actually did include a link to the SpongeBob clip below your (laughs) your video in the portal. Uh, So uh, free ticket folks, her session is still going to be available till 830 tomorrow morning um, on Saturday. But the link will remain there for that SpongeBob video for as long as you have access to the portal. So feel free to go check that out. Amy, do you want to share a little bit about yourself and your your freebie?
2: Yeah, that's so fun. Um, okay, so my name is Amy Smith and you can find me across all social media at keep a book out. And my whole passion project on my page is just connecting parents with books that will help them spend time with their kids and, um, connect with them in that way. So, um, my freebie, if you signed up for it was four book lists on like the most popular topics I get asked on. So links to books that might inspire your kid to pick them up and get reading. So I just like to, I feel, I really feel passionate about the fact that parents and kids should both enjoy their reading time. So finding the right books is key to making Sure that you're both having fun
0: fantastic and unless you've been living under a rock this week i am ellen ceo and founder of engaging reluctant readers um, you can find me both here on instagram and facebook under engaging reluctant readers and i am just as a recovering and reluctant reader myself super passionate about making sure that we can get our kids hooked with books and learning as soon and as early as possible so they do not follow in my reading journey footsteps For those of you that have been waiting all week for my Motivating Reluctant Reader's Guide uh, to finally be accessible, I did manage to battle all of my tech gremlins (laughs) last night um, into this morning and that is working. For those of you that have already signed up, that should have been emailed out to you this morning and anyone that goes in and clicks the link to uh, request that now should get an automatic email. If you don't, please reach out to me at Ellen at Engaging Reluctant Readers and say it didn't work please send it to me and I will go (laughs) in and see what is going on and then uh, my bonus VIP uh, offer is my Engaging Reluctant Readers challenge which is a 30-day email delivered challenge you'll get a prompt each day to help take you from hearing your child say reading is boring to exposing them to different opportunities and reading scenarios, whether it's a different genre of book or a different way to engage with the reading experience so that they can find what works just for them. So uh, I'm not seeing any questions popping up in Facebook and we haven't had anyone join us over here just yet in Zoom uh, for our VIP crowd, but I thought maybe uh, you'd like to share your top takeaway or a thing that you'd like parents of reluctant readers to think about when it comes to engaging their kids, especially if they haven't had a chance to catch your session. I'll start with you, Joy, since you're at my top left.
1: So for me, so I'm I'm a mom. I have four kids, ages nine, eight, almost six. My son will be six this month and four. So for me, it's been very important to be able to like maximize their excitement, something that they're already excited about. And that's what I love about younger children because I feel like once they get older, it's harder to get their attention and figure out what they're excited about. But kids wear their emotions on their sleeves. And so being able to tune into what they're excited about and kind of making sure I'm I'm providing resources based around that has been helpful. That's what made me design the pen pal program in the first place. My kids literally... Fight in the car when I pick them up from school trying to say who the first person to say can I check the mail like that's their that's their thing and so I kept hearing it over and over and I said you know what let me create something over the summer that is going to now they're they're not just checking the mail for mommy and daddy's mail but it's something that has their name on it um, from someone that cares and is only talking directly to them so that was so my advice would be to figure out what is something, a place your child likes to go to, um, something that your child likes to do and incorporate literacy into that. Um, making it just so fun and easy, but they're going to want to be want to do it because they're already excited about it. As opposed to trying to reinvent the wheel and fi- and incorporate something totally new that they're not used to. So if you have a child that loves to check the mail, you definitely want to do consider a pen pal. But if you have a child that loves something else, there's so many different ways that you can engage them and make them excited about reading.
0: I love that, and you know it's it's funny because I know the other side of your program is all about journaling and things like that and I was a well I was a reluctant reader I was a huge journaler um growing up so I have like I still have several of the journals that I started and never finished and I have every intention first of all to go back and read my old journals (laughs) but I am (laughs) determined to fill that white space in the back of them so that I can actually say I I finished the journal I had that sort of um uh I have a passion for like stationery and pens and notebooks and all, all the things. And I always wanted to just jump into the new one.
1: (laughs) Right, 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 right.
0: But yeah. So I just had to say that Amy, do you have any top tip takeaway that you'd like to share?
2: Yeah. I think that my top takeaway is that especially when you have a reluctant reader, I know that reading gets to the point where it feels like it's a frustration point, right? It's not something you're like joyful or looking forward to. And I think um, something that really helps is reframing your perspective. And instead of looking at reading as something you have to do, look at it as a time in the day where you get to connect one-on-one with your kid, because you can't, You can't be scrolling your phone and reading a book to them. It's impossible. And so it's like something that you can actually both like unplug from the world and sit down and have some quality time together. So even if you're, you know, struggling through the fact that your child doesn't want to read or is struggling with reading, like if you can look for those moments as being like, this is one-on-one time where I get to like connect with my kid and make sure that they know that no matter what, like, I'm in this with you, like we, this is something we can look forward to doing together, even if it's hard, because hard things can be okay when you're with someone you love, right, when you have that support. So just kind of flipping it on its head, and instead of thinking like, I have to read 20 minutes every single day with my kid, because their teacher says so, saying like, this is 20 minutes from the day where I get to completely unplug and disconnect from everything else, and just focus on them. And so then it kind of helps you just, it just flips that perspective and makes it something that you can cherish instead of something that is just frustration. And I think your kids can feel that too. So I think just kind of reframing and taking a step back and, you know, focusing on the the long game, which is that you want your kid to know that you're invested in their progress and that you want to spend time with them. And that you care about what they care about. That's my big thing is when you're finding the right books, like it's you're spending time investing and in getting to really know your kid. And they see that as a form of love. So it's just another way to express your love for them.
1: I want to add something to, to the topic, Amy. So when I was in middle school, the Harry Potter books came out. And I don't know if anybody said this throughout this this um, summit, but the book is always better than the movie. And so- um, my mom <laughs> would allow if I as soon as I finished reading the book she would take me out of school half a day and we would go watch the movie oh I love after that. I finished the book so that was even her taking it to the next level where she encouraged me to she read the books too like we would yeah. talk about what happened in the book but we would read it individually because we're in middle school and then we'll go together and watch every single Harry Potter movie that came out and that's like a staple of my childhood so that's something I love watching movies but instead of me only watching the movie and not reading reading the book that is something that she incorporated I love that
2: I
0: love that you brought up Harry Potter because that is actually one of the interesting things for me growing up as a as a reluctant reader I gravitated towards screens and movies and tv and I love I am a huge Potter fan so I love the movies and it wasn't until I think I started reading the third book right before the third movie came out like I skipped one and two (laughs) Just to give you an idea of really, I was just still coming out of my reluctant reader status, but I was like, okay, I'm going to read the third book before the third movie. And I went and saw the third movie. I wanted to throw my shoe at the screen. (laughs) (laughs) I was so infuriated. Like you left so many golden juicy nuggets out of the movie. You changed so many details that I promised myself, first of all, I wasn't going to give up on my, you know, Potter fandom as far as the movies were concerned so I was like I'm gonna watch the rest of the movies and then I'm gonna go back and read all the stories so that I can just have like a totally different like movie running in my head as I worked my way through the story so literally uh when did I finish the last one I think it was over the summer I finished the last book on audiobook like I did the entire series my boys were sort of listening in the background uh, because basically it was on anytime I was in the car but um yeah, no, look definitely better than the movies. 100%. Yeah, especially
1: with something so magical and so much going on with Harry Potter, when you can really immerse and your brain can like create the scene. It, it's, it, it also makes it that much better than the movie, not just because they don't have they're not able to create all of that stuff on film like you can in your imagination.
2: Well, what I love about that too, what you were saying, Joy, is that like those memories aren't just associated with the book. They're also associated with your mom, which is what I love is because it becomes this like extra sweet thing. And I just feel like, I mean, we've all like had a toddler who loves a book. And like, when I see that book now, my kids are older. You're like, oh, remember reading that? And I just, (laughs) those memories can continue as they get older. It doesn't have to just be like a board book thing. It can be something that you always associate with people you love. And that's what I love so much about it. I love
0: that you mentioned the toddler aspect and now I'm going to go back to the Harry Potter thing for a second, but with the toddlers, I've enjoyed rereading the books with my younger son that we enjoyed with the older ones. It's like, Oh, I'm having these sweet, like flashback <laughs> deja vu moments of reading with your brother. And, you know, just watching to see which ones are like similar favorites that have come again. And then there's the ones that like my oldest one was Gaga for. And the other one's like, no, pass. Not, into. <laughs> not, not for me. And we found new ones and then it's like, the older one who's seven well beyond most of these stories as far as what he would gravitate towards normally it's like which of these newer ones that the younger ones found is he going to gravitate and come join us like you mentioned that in your session with me how you'll be reading to one and then they slowly all gravitate they just and walk all over.
2: trickle over the, what the, is also the, fun so my kids are 12 10 seven and four. And it's been really fun to watch my 12 year old read his favorite board books to my four year old. Like as he got older, like he'll find them, you know, and be like, Oh, I loved this one. And then he's like, come here, buddy. And they sit and read them together, which is like, just my heart explodes, but it's just so fun that you have. I feel like each kid has like that one book when they were tiny, that like they were obsessed with and you just associate that book with that kid. And it's really fun. It's
0: funny. I get asked a lot, you know being in in this literacy book business what's your favorite childhood book and I have a couple that I can lean towards but I'm like they're not like my early childhood favorites like they're like the brief shining moments I had later after I was already a reluctant reader that I was like I remember these because it was a rare opportunity that you caught me reading so things like little women and there was a book called the time for dancing which I have my dance background so I picked it up thinking, oh, it's going to be all about dance. And no, that's so not where that topic goes <laughs> at all. I mean, the main character is a dancer, but I think if my memory is he ends up getting cancer of some kind and it totally took a left turn, but I still was already so deep into the book that I was like, I'm going to keep reading this. And yeah. I ended up rereading that a good couple of times. And yeah, no, I I don't know where my train of thought was going, but <laughs> But yeah, it really is interesting how kids will latch on and have that favorite and reconnect with that favorite and have a totally different experience. I actually went looking for that book a couple of years back and still haven't been able to remember who the author was and find it. Oh, no. And I'm like, maybe I have the title wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so if you know of a book where there's a character that's a dancer that's, you know, around 12 to 14 in that age range and she ends up getting cancer and you know, has to deal with all the chemotherapy, throw out the book title to me. Maybe I can find it again um but yeah no and then the interesting thing going back to harry potter book being better the movie a lot of kids don't necessarily picture you know if they've never seen the movie they're going to create their own idea of the characters and for me i had a completely different idea of professor lupin going into seeing the movie and i was like i had that wrong <laughs> but did i i like my version better And so I think it's really fun being able to have those conversations when you do have those kids that engage with movies and being able to read the book and watch the movie and be like, what did you like? What did you not like? What did they change? What did you wish you'd left in? And, you know, all those fun, juicy morsels that you can just dive deeper into. So I am going to check Facebook. If you guys have any other things you'd like to share while I refresh and share. Yep. No comments there. I'm going to double check my form in case someone couldn't hop on live. I'm
2: going to mute while I do that. Somebody
0: talk and chat about something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of other books with good movies that go with them. We did a family book club for the one and only Ivan, and that was really fun. There's also Flora and Ulysses is a really great book by Kate DiCamillo, and it has a a movie on Disney Plus that is it's different enough that if you read both of them, it's it's kind of fun to compare and contrast the two. I
1: would say too. So today is book character day for spirit mm-hmm. week. And so my kid wanted to be Junie B. Jones uh-huh. which was who I grew up obsessed with. So <laughs> it's so, and she found that at the school library, I didn't introduce that book to her. Mm-hmm. She's obsessed and it's just so cute to be able. So I know you said the connection of, being able to spend that time but the connection that i have where she's reading stuff that i remember and i wouldn't <laughs> have remembered unless she brought it up but now so we have something to talk about even in my childhood that i appreciated so we had to find her some clothes so she could dress like juni b jones and that was a, a an adventure <laughs> that's so fun do you have is there just one who dressed up today Nope. I had two, two different ones that dressed up. So the, my son, um, and he was so particular because the the book that he picked, I think it's, I think it's like, I can play too, but it was about a little brother who wants to play football with mm-hmm. his big brother. So the shirt was like light blue and white, and it had a number three on it. Of course I didn't have that. Cause I literally this morning found a book and found the outfit. <laughs> That's what Always. And so I found one that said little bro, though, that was the same colors. And he was just like, but it doesn't have a three. And he just was <laughs> going. I was like, but you get to take your football to school with you, with your book.
2: <laughs> so be being nice. able
1: to incorporate other things. I love when the school does those type of days. It kind of, it forces you to be more engaged with the kids, but then it also, it also subliminally makes them want to read the book over and over and over again, because yeah. they remember going to school and dressing as that character.
2: Yeah, I had. So my kids elementary school does it um, a little bit differently. They do a literature parade and every class dresses up as a book together. So my kids don't get to pick their book. Well, they do, but like as a class. So I had one dressed up. They did Sam and Dave dig a hole. And then the other, my fourth graders class did wonder. And then my sixth grader did, they were just, he's in middle school. And so they do dress like a book character day. but he was, he has like a Percy Jackson camp half blood shirt so he just wore that <laughs> you know like cool enough but not but still participating so it was fun to send him all out the door dressed up today
0: I was gonna say I win the 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 good and bad mom award this morning because we too have that opportunity at my oldest school and I totally so <laughs> no's like had a busy
2: week or anything <laughs>
0: it's, it's it, you know it's just a basic week nothing nothing huge going on nothing um, going on <laughs> and they told us like last Friday like at the end of the week and I'm like I'm (laughs) mush. There was nothing computing. So as I'm sending him off on the bus this morning, because I realized one of the other kids coming to the bus stop was wearing, obviously, the robe and clearly a Potter fan, which he's been Harry Potter like the last few years. And, you know, I've done the lightning bolt and everything. I was like, you're Percy Jackson today and go. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) I was like, just tell me Percy Jackson. Roll, roll with it. You're just in typical clothing. Regular clothes. I mean, yeah, Got I wish I had a kid. You're good. <laughs> I I should have thrown in my pen. That would have made more sense, too. But, but I was like, and you're off. So yay, Sometimes. Mom, for thinking on the fly. Yeah. I was going to say, I think my biggest thing when it comes to books is I love the family element, as you have highlighted, but not just from the perspective of you are disconnecting and giving them your full attention, but being able to reflect that it's not just about school. It's not just about, um, I need to do this to get straight A's. I need to do this to, you know, complete a homework assignment. It's, we use this every day in our lives and there's no way around it. And if you are in the position where I am, where I spent 20 plus years avoiding reading at any and all costs. That impact is so detrimental, and being able to have that as a family value, have that as something that you cherish can take it well beyond the reading they do in school, and you have the power to connect them with their just right books in school. they're driven by that curriculum, which may or may not be something they relate to, and you can make it something that you have conversations about and learn more about your children through and Being able to make it relatable is probably the biggest, most important thing that I could ever say comes from reading because knowledge is power. Being able to connect with the characters and feel less alone in this world is powerful. And I'm so glad that as a recovering reluctant reader, I've found that. I've been able to demonstrate that for my boys because now they're both avid little bookworms that love reading and ideally stay on that path because it's hard being a recovering reluctant reader after this many years to admit that I am still slow in my reading comprehension fluency speed all of that it's a bit demoralizing to be honest and uh to do anything we can to keep our kids from feeling that would be so amazing <laughs> because I don't want them to get to where I am today. Um, and I don't think Eddie parent here wants that. And I know you guys wouldn't want that either. So I am going to go ahead and wrap things up since we have no questions over on Facebook. I want to thank you guys for joining me for the panel. I could honestly geek out about books and making it fun and motivating and interesting for our kids. Uh, but I think anyone watching the replay probably doesn't want to hear us talk for hours. <laughs> Um, so if you have any final things you'd like to share, final farewells, feel free.
1: (laughs) So I'll say that for me, I just, I just try to build habits for me. I just, I'm a busy mom and I don't have time to add more stuff. So it's very important to me to be able to use the resources that I have handy as opposed to me trying to find something new. Um, I, I read somewhere a long time ago that when your kids see you reading by yourself um, on your own time, it normalizes it for them um, because they just feel like that's what people do. They they take some time to read. So I just try to take advantage of those type of exposures. And, and obviously, you know, they want to live in your skin. So they ask you, what are you doing? What are you reading? What it's about? So making it a part of your regular life is something that I will always say it's top priority. Um, making it where it's not if if it's a routine, but then it's also something that you're gonna be doing anyway. Um, making sure you do it at the same time of day will be helpful so that. Kids love routines and being able to predict what is going to happen next, as opposed to I'm going to read some, I'm going to read right after I get to school one day, then I'm going to read right before bedtime another day. It doesn't, it it won't make, it won't be as effective, I think, unless you are very consistent and, I, and unless you incorporate um, normalcy in it is my personal experience and opinion.
0: And I want to quickly throw out, you mentioned how important it is for them to catch us reading and wanting to like copy us. There's actually science behind it called mirror neurons where they really just want to, like, it's like the, the, if you all stand in a circle, inevitably somebody's going to cross their arms and our brains don't realize it, but we all eventually will start crossing our arms. I think that whole science aspect of like mimicry and wanting to mimic actions of others is, is, is interesting, but being able to use that to get them to want to read is just even cooler. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I totally agree. So I um would say that if you if I mean if you're watching this later on and you have any questions, please reach out to me on Instagram or through email like I am happy to chit chat or even brainstorm like if you feel stuck and you can't find the right book, like my whole purpose <laughs> of my Instagram is that like, I do all the readings so that you don't have to, because I know that moms are busy and I know that they don't need one more thing on their plate. So I'm happy to weed out all the stinky books and just share the, the best ones with you. So yeah, always reach out. I'm super. I am available. a huge fan. <laughs> I have a huge fan. In fact,
0: some of, some of our more recent reads have definitely come from me scrolling at your page and being like, Ooh, I need to oh, go good. So yes, <laughs> lots of knowledge over there definitely keeps me from searching Google and going, is this really going to be a good choice? You are yeah. able to highlight those and being able to take all the guesswork out of it. It's just such a, yeah. such a breath of fresh air. <laughs>
2: Happy to help in any way.
0: And uh, lastly, you guys can find me over at Engaging Reluctant Readers. I am constantly dropping tips and tricks to get your kids motivated and engaged with books and reading and even just how you can make it more of a routine in your home, because that consistency is so key. Joy mentioned uh, how that routine and predictability is so important with your kids and being able to figure out the nuances of working that into your schedule and how you even find time to read for yourself. I cover all of that over on my page. I'm a little bit of a hodgepodge, of course, because I want to embrace all aspects of the family when it comes to getting your kids in love with books and stories. So thank you again. I'm going to go ahead and wave <laughs> and say bye. And again, if anyone is catching this uh, VIPs in the replay uh, in the Summit Portal, you can drop comments there and I can easily farm out questions if anything comes up uh, during replay time. And to my Facebook folks, thank you for joining us and I hope you enjoyed it.